welcome to the Essence of Life podcast, where we view life through the lens of learning rather than judging. We don't judge the moments of life as good or bad. We simply look for the lessons and embrace them. So let's get connected. Seba, sounds good. Okay, so welcome back everybody to the Essence of Life podcast. I am super excited today. I have in my presence an awesome, amazing, powerful young lady. And there's something very peculiar about her. So I'm going to begin by uh, allowing her to just greet you. And then I'm going to read a brief bio about who she is. So hi, Heather. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super, super excited. I hope I pronounced your name correctly. You did. <laughs> Thank <Okay>. you. <laughs> All right. I just want to officially welcome you to the Essence of Life podcast. It is based in Antigua, which is a Caribbean island. Uh, you can visit anytime. Just let me know <laughs> and we could to. hook it up. <laughs> I love it over there. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to read uh, your brief bio and then we get right into it. So her name is Heather Tucker and she is a certified Christian sexologist for women. Yes, I said that right. She's a certified Christian sexologist for women. She's the author of Damn You Weight Loss, Platos, Platios? Platos. Platos, okay. That helps women to get their sexy back after having kids. This is awesome. She's the creator of the Sexify, her program that helps women overcome religious sexual shame, release their sexy confidence, female sexuality and empowerment into their lives and relationships. This is so good. Heather has been married to her husband, Chuck, for 20 years. So this young lady knows exactly what she's about to tell you. <laughs> and during which she overcame a 12-year sexless marriage. Oh my goodness. As she is a mom to three uh, amazing boys and she is a first-time grandma to one grandson. <laughs> Heather, you are amazing. The first time I saw you, I was like, this woman, like you had me in awe because just by who you are, well, what you do rather, it just shocked me that someone like you actually existed. You know, sexologist, yes, but with the word Christian in front of it, that's a whole different story. So yes, you could <laughs> just go ahead and introduce yourself a little more and tell us a little bit about Heather. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much, first of all, for for just having this this conversation and uh that that's that's my hope with, with you know doing what i do is spreading the word that sex should be a normal conversation in the church mm -hmm. and i think that this is why so many of us have struggled over the years including myself because it's not talked about and it's made to feel you know that it's dirty Mm -hmm. and, and I think the reason why we feel like, oh, it's dirty and taboo and, and all of that, and we start questioning our sexuality is because it's not talked about. Yes. So I yes. feel like if it's normalized in the church, you know, to have these conversations at age appropriate, you know, levels, um, there wouldn't be, you know, as much taboo and we wouldn't be questioning ourselves and our sexuality and we wouldn't be having such a hard time unleashing the sexual animal 
you know, mm-hmm. in our marriage, which uh, our husbands are really, you know, really desiring. So I, I actually grew up in the church. Uh, you know, I'm a born again Christian. Um, the the uh, denomination that I grew up under is called Southern Baptist. And mm-hmm. so very, very strict. It comes from a, um, uh, oh my gosh, Qua- uh, Quaker. Uh, the mm-hmm. background of, of it is Quaker, which is like super reserved. Uh, mm. You know, the dress is like, uh, you have to dress, you can't show any body parts. So it's like the shirts go all the way up to the neck, the sleeves come all the way down, you know, to the, the past the wrist. And then uh, the dresses would come all the way down to the ankle. So like you couldn't show so it's similar to the Muslims kind of. Yeah, person. very similar. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, I mean, of course we could wear, you know, makeup, but it had to be light, you know, we couldn't do too much. And then we could, you know, wear jewelry and hair and, you know, show our hair and stuff. But uh, as far as like the skin, you know, we had to be covered. And so uh, it, they even frowned upon wearing bathing suits. So, oh. I actually remember going to a youth camp and it was a summer youth camp and uh, it you know, was at the, a lake and this was the first time I was actually going to wear a swimsuit in front of anybody wow. and I couldn't. Like I saw other people doing it, but I literally couldn't. I had to wear a t-shirt. I was just so, so used to covering up my body. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. But this, this kept me playing small in all aspects of my life. I was always doubting myself, wondering if I was going to lose my salvation, if I, wow. you know, wore a certain outfit or um, if I, if I said a certain thing or if I, you know, asked a friend about sex because I was curious when I was a teen. I mean, all of these things just left me questioning everything. And I even took all of that, you know, shyness and insecurity and doubt and shame and worry and, you know, wondering if I was going to lose my salvation. I took all of that into my marriages. Wow. So it was hard because my first marriage, he was a very sexual person. And, um, you know, I, I had had sex before marriage because I was rebelling, you know, for a time <laughs> after I moved out of the house. Like, I well, went after all that pressure, I mean, yeah, I'm not, like, like I went crazy, I went crazy with sex for a while. <laughs> um, but then I had an adult, you know, relationship with God and, and invited him into my life. And I lived uh, celibate for almost two years before I met my first husband. And um, I don't know, I just carried all that shame and doubt into the marriage. And I remember him saying to me, uh, doesn't God say it's okay for us to have sex now? Like, why, why are, <laughs> why can't we do all the things? Like, why are you still wow. holding yourself back? And I was like, I don't know. Like back then, I couldn't figure it out. Like I knew I wanted to, but there was like this resistance towards it, and yeah, I couldn't. You basically cultured into it. Yeah, like I yeah. basically couldn't figure it out. So that marriage only lasted like four years. It was just a horrible, abusive thing. Um, and I have two sons from that marriage. And then when I met my now husband, Chuck, I was this abused, broken, confused woman with two small kids. And my husband came in and, um, you know, helped, helped me to heal. Um, but I still had like, we had really good sex in the beginning, but I still was not fully like myself. I still would cover myself up and um, didn't want to be adventurous and experiment with toys. And I just thought toys were evil. I thought masturbation was evil. I mean, all of these different things I had been 
uh, made out to feel that it was all wrong, you know, yeah. and that we should just have intercourse and him be on top. And that was the only position, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, oh my goodness. So all of that uh, until I was 43 and I'm now 49. So this is not that wow. long ago, like five, five years ago that I, wow. you know, finally learned how to make the transition out of all of the, the old belief systems. So, so that's my backstory. But, but before you go a little further, I just want to look at the part where you said you overcame 12 years. Uh, is that with your now husband? Mm-hmm. Okay, so 12 years. Um, I want to pitch in a little and say that you're all still together. So the, your husband yes. must have been really patient. And <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the marriage lasted because maybe there were other amazing aspects about you. Because we do know it's not solely about sex, but we know that sex is important. Yes. And I love what you mentioned about the religious aspect of how you were socialized to think of sex. Because where I live in the Caribbean, there's, a, there's an issue that is presenting itself. Like once you're not married, people seem to just enjoy sex. They do it everywhere. They have <laughs> fun. True. But then it's like once they get married and you hear people make comments about it, they may not openly admit it. But you hear comments and I'm a person. I tend to be very observant and I, I tend to read between the lines. Maybe I'm an Thanks. overthinker. I don't no, know. I'm like that too. Mm-hmm. But I, I listen and I could hear like they're saying, oh, once you're married, the sex is dead. Or once you're married, the sex <laughs> yeah. is gone. And then it creates a serious issue because then if the husband and the wife are not, let's say, spiritually sound and if they're not strong in their marriage, who do they want to find ways to work it out, then they end up um, having infidelity or unfaithfulness in the marriage. And then we yep, end up divorced and so many things go wrong Mm -hmm. so i can really relate to you when you speak about you know the religious aspect of your upbringing and just how it created this like it dampened your whole idea of sex and and the importance of it and like he asked isn't god saying it's okay to be doing it when you're married that's an important (laughs) question Mm -hmm. because that's when you're supposed to go wild you're not married (laughs) my husband likes to say you have your license now so you're legal So you just go ahead and enjoy Oh my God, that's such but a good analogy because easy. some of us get our, our regular driver's license and then we're too scared to go and actually drive. So yeah. that's actually a very good analogy <laughs> that now you have a license to have sex and then you're still too scared to, to do everything. That that was a good analogy. I like that. I might I might use that in the future. Hopefully you don't mind I steal it. <laughs> no, that, that's fine. Just that's fine. Just give my husband some credit. <laughs> but so so well, let's let's dig deep into it. So let's think of that woman. She's married. She definitely loves her husband, but she just feels like, okay, I don't want to have sex with him. Or like you said, she feels like if she does, then she's dirty. Or maybe because she might feel like she's advancing spiritually uh, compared to her husband. So now she thinks that she's probably more spiritual than he is. And now he's dirty. And, you know, just think of that specific woman. And she's in that marriage. She knows that Paul explains in the scripture in Corinthians that, hey, your body is not yours. The only time you get the permission really is when you need to fast. Right. And you know, you're supposed to be submissive in that manner. And and you, you don't want your husband to go look it out from someone else. Or, you know, it's not just for the, the husband or the wife only, but I'm focusing on the women because um, most of my audience are women. So you're thinking of that specific woman. And I want you to think of her while you're thinking of you in that 12 years of a sexless, struggling sex life marriage, what would you say to her? Well, first off, I I need you to know, and I need the listeners to know, 
that I was the one that wanted sex and my husband didn't during those ah. years. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So it was, it, sometimes it, it is the opposite where the, the man is the one that's wanting it and the woman, you know, isn't. So it really just depends on uh, the dynamic of, of each relationship. Mm-hmm. But I will say that the sex stops long after the problems start. So what I mean by that is there's always going to be an underlining issue as to mm-hmm. why the sex is stopping. And mm-hmm. it, it normally is an emotional issue, you know? Yeah. So there's been some sort of disconnect that is that has happened. And now the outward expression of that is the sex it has stopped. So, you know, there could be uh, cheating, you know, in a relationship. And so now the trust is broken and, mm-hmm. you know, the woman wants to stay and the man wants to stay because they're both still in love. But now they have to figure out how to let go of the resentment and build up trust again. And, you know, the woman needs to learn how to open her legs up to her husband again. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, the, there could be that situation. Uh, for us, what, what ended up happening was our sex life was really amazing. We decided to have a child together and we ended up having two miscarriages at uh, close to five months, both of them. And so uh, one of them came out on the toilet. My husband actually was the one that took it out. Um, And so I never saw, you know, the baby, Um, but he has that trauma, you know, and then we both have the trauma of the loss, you know. Um, I mean, I was big already. I had shown, you know, my tummy on both both of those because, you know, close to five months. So a lot, a lot of pain, we ended up eating, you know, and gaining a lot of weight. So a lot of, uh, emotional pain, um, from that. Now I still wanted to enjoy the touch of my husband, but what I saw was he was starting to pull back. And once we did finally get pregnant and actually have our miracle baby, Josh, who's now 17, he's our, our youngest. Um, when I was released to have sex again, I was like ready to go because (laughs) I, I, as a person feel more love when I'm connected to the person that I'm with sexually. And that's what I've discovered over the years is that's my personal love language. So I'm a physical touch person. So I experience more love feelings inside of me when we're coming together sexually. Mm -hmm. So when the doctor released us to have sex again, I was like, okay, you know, and I went and, like, climbed, <laughs> yeah, I went and climbed on top of him and I was kissing him and doing all the normal things, you know, that I would normally do that used to work, <laughs> you know, with us. And all of a sudden he literally picked my body off of him and put me to the side. Wow. And I cannot tell you one, how shocked I was Two how rejected I felt in that moment. Mm -hmm. And I remember Mm -hmm. going into my bedroom and I just broke down. I'm like, what happened? What did I do? And, and then I tried a couple days later, same thing. And so now there's, there's this habit that was forming of him saying no. So it was either he would push me away or he would say, I'm tired. Or he would say, I, my stomach is upset. And literally I could not figure it out. I would have conversation after conversation with him. You know, is it me? Is it because I gained weight? And, and so now I'm taking it on as, as my problem. What can I do to fix it? It must be me because we were having sex, you know, so much before. Yeah. And now, and now all of a sudden it stopped. So, you know, this would go on for weeks and months. And then he would see how frustrated I was. And then we would have sex, you know, 
uh, but then it would be a long period again. And I'm like, what is even happening, you know? So this went on for a very, very, very long time. We almost divorced a couple of times because of this, because I was like, I can't continue going mm. on, you know, like this. I need to feel this love from you. I need it. Like, I need it like I need water. Like, it's mm -hmm. it's something that, that literally is making me feel alive. And when I'm not having you and my husband, who I love, and I feel the soul connection with every single time we do have sex, like, I feel dead. Like, yeah, I could be sitting right next to you. We could be holding hands, but I could still feel dead inside because I'm not having Connecting. that soul connection yeah. with you on an intimate you know, level. And so even still today, like we're over this now, but even when this comes up today and it's been too long, I can still feel that. I'm like, dude, like, no, it's too long. Like we need, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. So all of that went on for 12 years. It was very, very traumatizing for me. Um, and you know, the woman that I work with today, it, it's either they're in my situation or they are that someone that doesn't want sex themselves. So let's say it, it's the woman that's not wanting sex and the man does. Yeah. Again, a lot of different reasons. Sometimes it's, you know, we have kids and our body changes and we don't like our body and we're yeah. the confidence has gone down. Or, you know, maybe we have kids and now it hurts when your penis goes in me, which is a real problem for a lot of yeah. moms. Um, you know, maybe we've gotten into some, some kind of fight or maybe you're just pressuring me and I'm like, dude, do you think about anything else other than sex? You know, don't, can't you just love on me? Like, can't you just worship me and like empower yeah. me with love? I mean, so there's yeah. a lot of different reasons as to why sexlessness occurs in a marriage, but that was ours. Um, and I did figure it out. So we can talk about like what, what some of the things were that, that I actually discovered what was contributing, uh, yeah. to the sexlessness and how we overcame and, and all of that. If you, if you'd like to get into that. No, what before we go on, I, what I like is that you're giving multiple reasons and it, it's it's the importance of finding the root of why it's happening. You know, why am I feeling this way if it's me or if it's the man? Why am I feeling that way? What is causing it? And you mentioned something very important that I actually did at a previous episode on. You spoke about love language and a lot of people, let me not a lot, but a few people are married and they do not know each other's love languages. And that is so important because you know that yours is physical touch. You know that that's what you need. And then I'm, I'm assuming then you would have communicated that with your husband and then there is an understanding. But when the person doesn't even know, then they're hurting you, uh, you know, ignorantly. And then you're just there taking all that pain. And as a female, I don't know about the guys, but as a female, that could really destroy your sex drive. Because like, I don't want to have sex because every time I have to warm up myself to be with you romantically, all I think about is the emotional pain and you know Aww. the rejection or whatever but so yeah that's, true. that's some of the things that the females could be thinking about and the other one about the kids a lot of people say that once the kids come that's it they want to sleep in your bed <laughs> no no <laughs> no by dance. the way don't 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 do that <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have to go outside and or in the car and steal yes i mean that could be fun that could be fun 
But exactly. yeah, you definitely want to keep your bedroom your bedroom and not allow the kids to, to take it over because that will definitely take away from the sex life. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That is so important. You know, those of you who are listening again, I just want to let you know that I'm speaking with Mrs. Heather Tucker and she's a certified Christian sexologist for women. She's also a coach. If you need her, we'll be leaving her contact information in the show notes as well. So you can contact her and speak with her and let her know because you know what? A lot of times women christian women rather they do not have someone that they can safely speak to about something like that and like you said because of how we are cultured we think it's taboo we think it's dirty we're talking about sex which is what god created for married couples to enjoy and have fun but we know that there are forces that continue to attack that section of our lives and we are here with Heather and she's just sharing great insight with us. She's making us so comfortable. She's saying words like penis and somebody <laughs> might be like, oh my God, she said penis. But guess what? We are grown ups this podcast. Uh, I have listeners between the ages of 17 and up to 60. So we're good. Uh, anybody around that age group could listen to something like this because why not? You know, why not? And I love what you said. Why not discuss these things in the church? The church is failing our people when they're supposed to be describing and talking about these experiences, have couple retreats and Mm -hmm. teaching couples just how to bond. Now, I want to ask you a bit about this. What about the couples who probably uh, never had sex before they got married? You know, like the diehard Christians, they're raised in a Christian (laughs) home. They never had sex. They married virgins and then, you know, now they're married. They have no clue what to do. Do you have some word for them? (laughs) Yes. To all virgins out there. um, Here here is what, and and even spiritual virgins, because, you know, sometimes we've had sex before and then we come into a relationship with Jesus which you know makes us white as snow right mm-hmm. uh, and so now we're spiritual virgins and and so there there could be either or but what I would recommend is before you get married okay so now you've committed you're gonna get married right before mm-hmm. you actually get married you want to make sure that this man this woman that you are going to be married to is going to be a match sexually for you because because they could be amazing they could be the best provider um they they could you know love on you and and all other ways but then if you get a mismatched sex partner it's going to feel frustrated your entire marriage and you have to ask yourself is that going to be okay for you and yeah. you can actually make that decision to back out of a, of a potential marriage that won't actually fit uh, with you sexually. That That's okay because you want all of your life to feel abundant, not just the money part of your life, not just your physical health part of your life, right? You want the sexual part to be abundant too. So yeah. you can have conversations like... Uh, what do you imagine a healthy sex life looks like for a married couple? How many times a week would you say is healthy to have sex? So now you're both sharing each other's opinions. Maybe, you know, the woman only, you know, you know, needs it once a month. I don't know. Maybe the man (laughs) needs it every day. Maybe the woman needs it every day. I don't know. Everyone's so different. But having these conversations is is where it's at. You need to find out what does um, the regular amount of sex per week look like for you. 
uh, what does, uh, like, what are some fantasies that you are hoping uh, that will be fulfilled in a marriage, you know, with me? That's, like, that's what, important. Yeah. Like what kind Definitely. of Definitely. What, what kind, do you imagine me wearing outfits? Do you imagine, you know, uh, bringing in another woman? Because by the way, a lot of Christians are, are doing this these days. So it's really important that is not that is not cool that is yeah but but (laughs) you know if it's an open relationship or polyamory i mean this this does exist in the church so you know you want to make sure that you're having these kinds of open conversations what are some fantasies that you're hoping that we'll fulfill together what are some fetishes what are some things uh that you have to have in order to get turned on and to have an orgasmic experience do i need to suck on your toes every time like, like, you know what I mean? You have to know. So those are kind of conversations. And then I would also say to the virgins that you need to get in touch with your own body before you get married. And I know Amen. that the church teaches, a lot of the church teaches that masturbation or self-pleasuring is a sin and opens up demonic forces. But let me just tell you, those are man-made rules. I have searched in and out of the Bible and the Bible is actually silent on self-pleasuring. Now there is a couple of verses where the church actually says this is talking about masturbation. Like um, I think it's in First Timothy or Second Timothy where it talks about how in the last days uh, men will be lovers of themselves. And so the church will take that verse and say that's talking about self-pleasure. And it's not if you go back to the original Uh, languaging of when that was written it's actually talking about selfish ambition and so that's what i thought it meant yeah (laughs) people are out for themselves you know thinking about themselves it's all about ego and all of that so that's what that verse actually means so you have to know the scripture and when it comes to self-pleasuring like look for women especially okay let me just get like science on you so for women our clit our clitoris alone has over 8,000 nerve endings in it. And mm-hmm. so do you think that if God did not want us to touch ourselves, okay, I'm going to get really real with you here. So hopefully you can take this in. <laughs> if God did not want us to touch our own self and bring pleasure to our own self, do you think that he would give us the ability to put our own hand down there and feel pleasure? No. If he did not mean for us to feel pleasure when we touch ourselves, and he only meant it for the man to be able to touch us there to bring pleasure, don't you think on purpose? Because God's very intentional and he does things on purpose. There's no questioning with how mm-hmm. God does things. So uh, if he only meant for a man to touch our clit and bring us pleasure and, and for a man to have his penis in and give us pleasure, and that's the only way to give us pleasure, don't you think that he wouldn't allow us to feel pleasure when we touch ourselves? I mean, seriously. So if God did that on purpose, then we need to learn how to tap in and we need to be open-minded to the fact of changing up the belief system of what the church says things mean and get really in touch with what does God actually mean and open yourself up to the truth that God gave us the gift of self-pleasure. So when we get to know our own bodies first and we know what turns us on, we know like we're experimenting, we're touching, you know, using different things on our body like feathers, our fingers, toys, um, vibration things. I mean, all of the different things. 
then when we get into a marriage, okay, now we know mm-hmm. what, what, what works for us on a personal level. Don't you think it would be easier as a virgin, okay, going and actually telling your husband, hey, here's what works for me when I'm by myself. So let, let's focus on now you doing those things to me because those are, those are the things that are more likely uh, going to help you to have an orgasm with your partner in the room when, when he's actually doing the things that turn you on when you're by yourself. So, I'm hearing some somebody saying right now, you know what? I could just lay there and let my husband do the searches and then I'll tell him, okay, yes, no, yes, no. <laughs> I mean, that works too. No, that does work. It's it's not that that doesn't work. It just, yeah. like, I, what I'm telling you and suggesting to you is it's helping you to shortcut all of that mm-hmm. so that you have less frustration when you actually get married. To, yeah, yeah. Because some women don't have their voice either. So if you're going to go that route and you're going to wait and you're just going to lay there and if you don't have your voice in the bedroom, you're not going to say anything to him if you don't have your voice, if you don't have that confidence. And then he's going to, and then you're going to end up faking it because you don't have your voice and you, and you, now it's taking a long time. And he's like, are you there yet? And then you're like, <laughs> oh my God, I'm not because I don't even feel nothing. And uh, 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 okay, you know, and you're going to get into the habit of faking and that's not cool. You guys, you don't want to get into the habit of faking. You want to know what works for your body and you want to find your voice in the bedroom. You want to have that confidence and assurance and you want to let them know because they're not in our heads. They don't know what, what we're feeling. And yes. so it's up to us to tell them. Uh, same advice for the men. Like men need to know what, what works for them as well, you know? Yeah. And then the, they need to be able to share with their wives, like do it like this, suck a little bit harder. I mean, all guys are going to like it different. All women are going to like it different. And if you've had different partners before you got married, what worked with your other partner might not work for your new partner. So, I mean, it's all a matter of communicating all of this. That is that is a really strong statement. What works for this person would not work for that person. Because a lot of times we seem to think that there's a one size fit. Oh, so the guy be like, oh, well, I'm a pro because, you know, that used to make her do, you know, and then you're coming with that ego and you're ready but then if you don't take the time to maybe study your partner or your partner doesn't know their worth uh, again that is something (laughs) that i've spoken about on this podcast is you need to know god first then you need to know yourself understand you and that's what you just said understand your body understand every aspect about you before you can get into a marriage because you cannot share a space with someone if you don't know who you are and you don't know what makes you take or what makes you pleasurable and those kind of things so that i I, i'm gonna agree with you there and i want you to know that i'm just listening to you (laughs) and um (laughs) as a believer myself i wasn't always like that you know christian but as a believer myself some of the things you're saying it 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 feels difficult to listen to but it is important so i want you to know that you're even reaching me as well and i know for sure that you will reach a few people and and maybe quite a lot of women and i hope that they can they can take this information with an open ear and you know take what is for them don't look at it as a form of condemnation but take what is for them and really see the lesson that you're you're bringing forth in here because it is so important for us to be able to understand that. I think that Heather, like I said, I think you're amazing. I think what you're doing is great. I'm not sure how many of you there are out there, but I definitely think that, you know, just someone who's 
dismissing the myths of of sex in marriage and someone who's just helping our hearts and our minds to open a little bit more to understand it's okay it's okay to enjoy you know sex with your your partner once you're married you you have the green light and it's entirely okay to explore certain things although you know you still have to be scriptural but there's certain things that we just don't tolerate as Christians in sex and in marriage whether you're married or not as a Christian but you know like you there's so many other now, things Now when you when you just you said that do. but let's tap into that because what you're you just said a belief system that you have that there's certain things that Christians can do and can't do in the bedroom so what what would you say is uh what like what would you say is okay and isn't okay in the bedroom because i think people need to to understand where your belief system is and then we can actually take it to god um and and even ask god like is this okay or is is this something that i heard uh is not okay from the church but maybe it is okay okay so i'm definitely boldly going to say that the, when it comes to anal sex definitely oh, anal no. sex okay definitely a no okay now yeah. where in scripture do, have you found that says that anal sex is is not okay for christians well i do not have a scriptural reference that backs it up but i do know that anything that is going against the natural functioning of your body is meant to be sinful so let's say if you are supposed to have an exit but you're making it into an entrance then that is going against what it's meant to do so where in the bible does it say that 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 you can't go against the flow where in the bible does it say the bible doesn't literally state you know in layman terms every significant detail what you're supposed to do but like i mentioned natural functioning going against the natural function just like when you get drunk we go against the natural functioning of your body and it becomes a sin that is now, what god does talk about sexual immorality right now god talks about drunkenness so he does bring that up but nowhere right. so in the bible some things are not exactly stated clearly like literally such as drunkenness but if something is meant to be an exit a part of your body is meant to be an exit okay for example would you uh have sex with in your eyes or in your ears or something like that because it's meant to be an exit or it's supposed to just go out you know what's I mean, supposed to come good, out if it yeah i mean see <laughs> that here here's the thing here's this is why i'm asking you and i and i hope that you're not feeling like i'm judging or um no, no 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 i know that a lot of women what you said that is what they also say and let let and that's why i wanted you to stop right there because this is where taboos are formed from from thoughts that yeah. are not based on scripture and so they might be based on you know well that just makes me feel uncomfortable it might not be right for me okay yeah but where, where is in the bible that it says that it's okay to have anal sex well that's the thing Christian. it doesn't talk about it so the, <laughs> the thing is is in scripture it says you can't add or take away from scripture Okay mm-hmm. so there's you know there's a lot of people out in the world that are even standing in front of the pulpit and there are pastors and they are forming beliefs based on their own personal experiences and then they are talking about it to their um congregation and they're making it a belief about Christianity this is where taboos and beliefs uh are formed that are not actually based on scripture And so my entire process of how I help women that are, you know, have grown up in the church is to help them go right back to the Bible because 
if if you're a born again believer and you are basing everything in your life on scripture and and scripture and God's word and him speaking to you through scripture then you have to go to the scripture you can't just believe you know maybe what your mom told you or your grandma told you or a pastor told you you have to go and search it for yourself and so when it comes to anal sex if the scripture is silent that actually means that you can actually decide if it's good for you or not okay mm-hmm. so for me i've tried it before and it's not necessarily pleasurable with a dick in me because it it's very painful and i just don't personally like it but what i do like is a finger or mm-hmm. i do like like an anal plug for instance okay yeah. very very pleasurable it's small and you know it's it's not big enough where i have to worry about it tearing it anything up you know up there uh now there is there is a way to have anal sex that you know you're not tearing yourself it's just a very long slow process of stretching the hole before the dick goes in and i just never have been open to it i i still feel fearful about that but because the scripture doesn't say anything about it if i did decide that i wanted it then it's okay it's not going to be against you know god it's not going to be against his word because he doesn't say don't have anal sex it, it's going to be a matter of coming with my husband and we both have to have a consent so that mm-hmm. that's why you know god does say the marriage bed is undefiled so that means that you as a couple and again it's different for everyone okay So you as a couple need to have these conversations about Yes, it goes back right there to the communication yeah. and the agreement. Exactly. So the, like what are you what open do, to? What we don't do. What are you not open to? What are you willing to do? What are you not willing to do? What are your are your boundaries? What are your standards in the bedroom? Like you guys have to talk about it and anal sex is one of those things. So if both couples are Christian and they're open to it and they have mutual consent, then they are fine according to scripture. So I just wanted to stop right there because so many women uh have that belief system that anal sex or toys, you know, or masturbation or any of the any of the things, you know, that are not mentioned in the Bible are against God and and God is silent on these things on purpose. I believe he allows us the freedom because we're free in Christ, right? So if we're free in Christ and he has set us free and he's liberated him, you know, us through him through through the death on the cross and what he did for us, that means that we can also be liberated in our sexuality as well. So. I definitely think that we can always come back and have a discussion just on this particular topic. Yeah, Because of course. But uh a lot of times too the whole not just the pain aspect or the uncomfortable part of it for the person but because anal sex also associates solely with homosexuals and which is definitely mentioned in the bible that is also um something that can lead to someone being like okay this is sinful because of that so i definitely think that mm, that's like, very true i would like to have you back to speak about this because i know that there are so many different perspectives that could be discussed on it you know but yeah. i like yours and and I, i i like i said you're giving me some hard pills to swallow <laughs> but you know i am a type of person why, like, i tend to like listen to what men, i think that's why men aren't open to their wives playing with them in their in their butt so there's these are straight men they don't want other men yeah. but you know there's a whole yeah i think we should talk about this more because there's a whole uh a pleasure point for men and women in our anus. And again, if God put that there, I I feel like we should tap into it, you know. 
Um, and so I believe too that if, if a straight man wants something, you know, in in that area, and it's his wife, and they're consenting, I, I believe that that would be okay too, you know, according to scripture. So, but yeah. Yeah, so I, I, like I said, I like to listen to different perspectives and things, and 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 it's important for any individual to to have an understanding of whatever their beliefs are, or being open to receiving new information and processing it accurately. Christians must always remember also that you have to always seek spiritual, you know, uh, wisdom. Pray, like you said, you ask God about it, you talk about it, because we must understand that there are quite a few things that are not laid out in the bible for us but if we can lean on to certain scriptures if we can lean on our own spirituality as the word says that the holy spirit gives us the insight that we need he gives us the instructions he gives us you know dreams visions and understanding so if we can bank and lean on that then we'll be able to know okay if what we're doing is is it spiritually okay or not but what would you say like some people have different convictions um sexually and and some people are they're set in their ways they don't have a good coach like you they don't have uh, access to someone like you who could help them and then their marriage is just there and it's 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 not improving because they don't have that help or even if they do they're not willing to be open-minded enough to accept it do you have any tips that you would like to share with someone like that Oh, yeah. I mean, that was the question you just asked was me Uh, (laughs) um, pretty much my whole life. So the advice that I would give is you have to ask yourself, where is this conviction coming from? Where did this belief system? So a conviction is based off of a belief. Okay, so we have to ask ourselves, where did this belief come from? When was it formed? Who? Put it over me yeah and and get to the root you know behind it and then ask yourself okay so here's where the root was placed it was placed by my mom it was placed by my grandma or church or whoever maybe it was a previous relationship and they said something and it made you question yourself i mean there, there's all different kinds of ways that beliefs are formed so you have to ask when did this start and then you have to be open to say to yourself now how do I actually feel about this belief? If no one actually said this to me and this was presented to me right now, all fresh and everything, how would I feel about it? Would this be for me or would this not be for me? And, you know, and pray about it and ask God and he will, will share with you. Yes, this is for you. No, this is not for you. And then, you know, once you're like, Oh, okay. So this is for me. So now I need to do some work on, uh, you know, taking away that old belief pattern that I've had for all of these years. And that's the work that you would do with me is we would actually be uh, deprogramming an old belief system that no yeah. longer serves you. So that's the work yeah. that I do. So if you need that kind of work, I actually have several modalities that I use that are scriptural based on how to deprogram and place new thought patterns and new beliefs Uh, in you that are more based on freedom so that you actually are walking from shame into freedom, which is what God wants for us anyway. So we can do that work together. And then once you have formed a new belief, once the belief is formed and you've opened yourself up to the experience of what you're creating, then you have to work on, you know, the resistance and the self-sabotage behaviors that you have uh, that could actually take you back to those old patterns of belief. Because sometimes... 
uh, that is the work. Once you reach a goal, then you know you have to be in tune with what are the things that could that could sabotage this new uh, pattern, this new belief that I'm, you know, implementing. So then again, that's that's also work that I do, you know, with Christian women. So. Um, it's a whole process. Like it's a whole. Yeah, it is. I was listening, process. and I'm saying it's a lot of reconditioning, and, and you have to be willing to want the the the, um, the fruits of such a process so that you can stay on course. But I have a totally random question for you, just before I ask you to let our audience know where you can be found. And the random question is, what is what is the number of times that a married couple I'm, I'm talking about married couples right now <laughs> should have sex in a month let's put it a month in a month that is healthy <laughs> average married couple christian average married couple what is the healthy amount of times a month average? okay considering so I'm, everything I'm about going, life yeah no problem i'm gonna point out the word that you said should yeah oh, okay <laughs> that word needs to get pulled out of everyone's vocabulary Okay. Okay. What what is healthy then? What is well? What is healthy for you? See, that's the that's the question. That's the real question that all couples have to have is in our marriage. What what would be a healthy time for you to have? What what would be a healthy time for me? And then we're bringing that together, and we're you know maybe we're compromising because maybe one person needs it every day, and the other person only needs it once a week. Okay, so maybe a compromise would be you know, two or three times instead of every day, you know? So these, these are conversations that individual couples have to have. They, they, I can't say that for like, excuse me, a general population because every single person's different. Okay. All right. Sounds good. And uh, please tell us uh, again, Heather, you're a certified Christian sexologist specifically for women. Could you please tell us where we could find you on all your social media platforms, your email, how we can yeah, contact yeah. you for coaching and everything. I would love to. So all of my handles everywhere are sex coach Heather. Mm-hmm. And I think Natisha, you're gonna put that in the show notes, you said. So yes. I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Clubhouse. Uh, my email is is also sexcoachheather at gmail.com. And uh, how I actually work with women, I have a group coaching program. I have a a modality that I put together on. uh, It's a 12-step modality that takes you through uh, your belief systems, reprogramming, like deprogramming, reprogramming. And then we get into love languages. And then we get into, um, you know, the amount of sex. And we figure that out for you. Uh, And then we get into uh, body confidence and showing up in a confident matter in the bedroom. And then we get into sexual confidence and fantasies and working out your fetishes. And uh, and then we're working on how to avoid sexlessness and how to overcome sexlessness if that's a situation you get into. Um, And then how to form a a gratitude and contentment. So it's all scriptural based. It's, It's amazing. I mean, I've been working with women on this program in a group setting now for five years. So if you Mm -hmm. want some information on that, uh, I would recommend DMing me the word help to any of my platforms I just gave to you. And we can talk about that. 
Um, I'd also be more than happy to give you a discount for those of, you, of your listeners that are listening today. So just Yay. let me know that you found me through Natisha's podcast, and then I'll know what discount to, to give to you. Uh, and then I also have private one-on-one uh, coaching for just women. So if you're struggling with uh, orgasms or you're struggling with you know, confidence and sexual confidence and all of that, we can work one-on-one. Uh, I also work with couples. So I do a lot of premarital uh, counseling. And then I also work with couples once, you know, if, if issues come up in the marriage and now we need to work through, you know, the communication breakdown and uh, the mismatch libidos and, you know, and all of those things so that we can still, you know, enjoy each other and, and all of that. So whatever you need, just reach out and let me know what you're open to. And I'd be more than happy to give you all the information. Heather, all I can say is that you are amazing. I appreciate you so much for taking the time out to do this with me and to speak with my audience. For teaching me today, I want you to know that you teached me, you taught me quite a few things. And I'm I hope so glad. that again, like I said, I hope that the audience will take what you're saying because it's valuable and that they would see it with an open eye, an open ear, an open mind. And you know, just just listen to what you have to say and definitely contact you speak with you and maybe you can get some people that will work with you on this one so that we can improve sex lives in marriages especially the christian ones thank you so much for joining me i really appreciate it again thank you thank you so much for having me god bless you everyone okay bye 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 Whether you're on your daily commute, at the gym, or doing your chores, tune in to the Essence of Life podcast for great inspirational life lessons and learn just why you should have a personal relationship with your creator. Relationships run the world. Make sure you're in the right ones. I am Natisha Ali Grant, citizen of the Kingdom of Heaven, wife of a spirited pastor, worship leader, mother, and content creator. I partner with my husband to manage our church in All Saints Antigua while creating inspirational and educational content. I inspire others through my blog, Young and Christian, and my podcast, The Essence of Life. Recently published my first book and in the process of writing another. I have also been an educator for over 15 years and now run my own academy, providing a range of services such as proofreading, English courses, lesson plans, curriculum guides, and reading classes. If you like this show, why not get connected? As it's only going to get bigger. Seba sounds good.